In today's Fat Girl Podcast, we review the use of Tomasartan again. Just so you don't think you're losing it, we previously discussed Tomasartan back a few months ago, but wanted to discuss a similar study, but by a different author. But that's because, yes, hypertension is just that common in geriatric cats. If you're not seeing it, you have to ask yourself, are you not doing enough Dopplers on your geriatric feline and canine patients? Remember, if you don't take a temperature, you won't find a fever. Previously, we reviewed the dangers of systemic hypertension in cats. Being that chronic kidney disease and hyperthyroidism are the two most common causes of systemic hypertension in geriatric cats, and we see those two diseases with frequency, all veterinary professionals should know how to monitor blood pressure and when and how to treat it. Tomasartan is an up-and-coming medication that is commonly used to treat systemic hypertension in human and now veterinary patients. Tomasartan is an angiotensin II receptor blocker that selectively binds to the AT1 receptor and thereby provides a potential therapy for systemic hypertension that may provide an advantage to current therapies such as calcium channel blockers, amlodipine, ACE inhibitors such as benazepril, beta blockers, and diuretics in its ability to lower systemic blood pressure while directly countering the RAS system, including via mechanisms that bypass ACE inhibition. ACE inhibition alone in cats has been demonstrated to be relatively weak in management of systemic hypertension. The benefit of telmasartan is that it has also been demonstrated at a dose of 1 mg per kg orally every 24 hours to have antiproteinuric effects in cats. So Glaus and all out of Zurich wanted to evaluate this in a study entitled Efficacy of Long-Term Oral Telmasartan Treatment in Cats with Hypertension, Results of a Prospective European Clinical Trial. In full disclosure, some of the authors of this study were associated with Boringer Engelheim. The authors wanted to determine the efficacy and safety of telmasartan in treatment of systemic hypertension in cats. This was a prospective, multicenter, placebo-controlled, randomized, double-blinded study. Systemic hypertension was defined as a Doppler systolic blood pressure of greater than 160 millimeters of mercury confirmed on two separate visits. Systolic blood pressure recorded for the purposes of the study was the mean of three measurements for each patient. Cats were categorized based on presence of chronic kidney disease, hyperthyroidism, concurrent chronic kidney disease and hyperthyroidism, and idiopathic. If present, hyperthyroidism had to be considered to be controlled based on follow-up T4 blood measurements for greater than four weeks prior to study initiation. Exclusion criteria included treatment with any medications known to affect blood pressure within 14 days prior to the start of treatment, systolic blood pressure greater than 200 millimeters of mercury, variability of greater than 20% in consecutive systolic blood pressure readings, evidence of acute or severe target organ damage, uncontrolled hyperthyroidism, pregnant or lactating females, acute kidney injury, or decompensated chronic kidney disease. Cats with diabetes mellitus, congestive heart failure, and neoplasia were also excluded. The initial study period was 28 days for efficacy with a 92-day extended use phase. Physical exam, fundic exam, and systolic blood pressure were recorded on day 0, 14, 28, 56, 84, and 120. Blood samples were submitted on days 28 and 120, and urine was collected and analyzed before inclusion. The efficacy phase involved 2 to 1 randomization, telmasartan to placebo, with initiation of 2 mg per kg orally every 24 hours in the telmasartan group. Dose reduction to a minimum dose of 0.5 mg per kg orally every 24 hours 
was allowed if cats displayed mild clinical or measurable hypotension, defined as a systolic blood pressure less than 100 millimeters of mercury, or if significant measurable hypotension, defined as a systolic blood pressure less than 80 millimeters of mercury. After day 28, treatment group was unblinded and cats receiving telmisartan were eligible to enter the extended use phase. Target systolic blood pressure was 120 to 160 millimeters of mercury. Cats with systolic blood pressure greater than 200 millimeters of mercury during the study were removed. Primary endpoints in this study included, one, a difference in systolic blood pressure from baseline to day 14, and two, systolic blood pressure decrease of greater than 20 millimeters of mercury between day zero and 28. 252 cats, which included 165 cats that got telmisartan and 87 that were placebo, completed the 28-day efficacy study, and 144 cats completed the extended use phase, the unblinded telmisartan treatment phase. Placebo group had a greater distribution of males in the treatment group. No other baseline differences existed between groups. Both primary endpoints were achieved. In the study, a significant difference in mean systolic blood pressure was achieved in the Telmisartan group versus the placebo group, and the cats in the Telmisartan group had an average reduction in systolic blood pressure by approximately 25 millimeters of mercury. That exceeded the target of 20 millimeters of mercury on day 28. A mean systolic blood pressure reduction in the placebo group at day 28 did occur, which was 11 millimeters of mercury. A greater portion of cats in the Telmisartan group, 55%, had systolic blood pressure reductions of greater than 20 millimeters of mercury by day 28, compared with the placebo group of 28%. This was also true with regards to portions of cats with systolic blood pressure less than 150 millimeters of mercury or exhibiting a greater than 15% reduction versus baseline in the Thomasartan versus placebo groups. And this effect increased between days 14 to 28, despite a lack of dose increase in these cats. The difference in mean decrease in systolic blood pressure between groups persisted at days 56, 84, and 120 in the extended phase of this study. With regards to dosing, the majority of cats, 78%, were safely maintained on the 2 mg per kg orally every 24-hour dosing, although 22% of the cats required a dose reduction. Laboratory parameters were not significantly different throughout the treatment period in either group. No significant difference in adverse events occurred between the groups during the 28-day efficacy phase. Overall adverse effects was 30% for Telmisartan cats, which was not significantly different in the extended phase. Only 1% of cats receiving Telmisartan experienced hypotension, however. Thus, the majority of adverse effects were therefore attributed to the patient's active illness, not the Telmisartan itself. So, what do we take away from this Feckerl podcast? Glaucinol showed a significant and persistent decrease in systolic blood pressure in cats with systemic hypertension receiving Talmudsartan therapy compared with placebo. This supports the premise that activation of the RAS system plays a role in the pathophysiology of systemic hypertension in cats and supports that Talmudsartan is a viable option for treatment of systemic hypertension in cats. The overall rate of adverse effects in cats receiving Talmudsartan was relatively low and not different from the placebo group, Thus, Thomasartan appears to be well-tolerated at the 2 mg per kg orally every 24-hour dose in cats with systemic hypertension. Furthermore, no change in renal blood work parameters was observed, including those cats with documented chronic kidney disease, which represented approximately 30% of the population. Data from humans 
indicates that maximum reduction in systolic blood pressure occurs four to eight weeks after beginning telmisartan therapy. Thus, the observed results in the study support a similar profile in cats. Observation of a decrease in systolic blood pressure over time in cats receiving placebo, albeit to lesser degree than in telmisartan cats, may be due to reduction in stress levels on serial examinations. In other words, the white coat effect with subsequent acclimation. Although I never wear a white coat, but that's another story. This study is difficult to compare to other studies of antihypertensive therapies in cats for a variety of reasons, including the methodology of systolic blood pressure measurement, Doppler versus oscillometric, allowance of co-administration of ACE inhibitors, which was not allowed in the study, and the defined endpoints. Furthermore, this study did not evaluate doses of telmisartan greater than 2 mg per kg orally every 24 hours, nor did it directly compare telmisartan to other hypertensives, which warrants further evaluation. The present study reported a relatively high percentage of cats with idiopathic systemic hypertension, 57 to 58%, compared with previous reports. It's unclear if this is due to an actual increased incidence or simply the parameters, both renal and thyroid, by which idiopathic was defined. This study was published alongside a similar study from Coleman et al. back in the March-April 2019 issue of the Journal of Veterinary Internal Medicine. Check out that Vet Girl podcast as well. More importantly, be aware that Thomas Sarton may be part of the future of antihypertensive therapy in cats. 